Oh my goodness. I am so excited. We're going to talk about the worst comic book properties of the year. I can't wait to get into Morbius once again. Let's talk about the Dr. Michael uh, Morbius. Chris. Chris. <laughs> I mean, I'm so Chris. bad. Oh, that no, ending. No, 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 oh, no. gosh. No, no, no. What? No. What? Uh, we're not talking the worst of the year. We're talking the best of the year. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't want to talk about Morbius again. I don't think I could handle it. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And I'm Jeremy. Welcome back, Jeremy. Thanks. I I have returned to pester both of you once again and talk about (laughs) some of my favorite stuff this year. And if you haven't guessed from our little teaser at the beginning, we're not talking about the worst things of the year. We're talking about the best things of the year. Best of 2022. This episode will feature some of our best picks for comics, movies, TV shows and animation. We're going to keep most of these superhero theme projects just to stick with our consistent theme. So how does everybody feel? Uh, it was a pretty good year for releases. Maybe not the hugest thing. There was some rebuilding in some camps and but there was some really cool stuff. I think that came out this year. I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, the the year. I mean, it, it, it's short, but also felt very long, right? When I thought I thought back to <laughs> earlier in the year, I and we'll talk about this a little bit this later. This year was the same length as last year, Jeremy. It was actually the same number I, of days. I'm aware, same number of days and everything else. Although, yeah, actually it was. I was like, it was, that, was last year a leap year? But, you know, some years are longer than others. Uh, I think we all can agree to that, like, in some ways. Um, and so when we, I was thinking back on on some of the new properties from this year, I'm like, wow, like, that was this year, even though it feels like it was like ages ago. So I, I do know. feel like because of COVID, there was a bit of a slump. And this year definitely felt like regular production of of content from movies, TV shows, comics. Like it, it felt like, oh, there's a lot of options now. Like we're kind of back in the swing of things, right? Maybe like, a little bit guys... of overproduction. Maybe, and, maybe and too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People we, we, had a we, lot to get out there and they maybe shouldn't have released everything that they wanted to. <laughs> we did talk about that a little bit in the, um, I think the Wakanda forever uh, hmm. review, right? We talked about phase four and, and how it was different um, with all of the TV shows and everything. So yeah, I think it, it presents its own challenges. Like it's definitely exciting for fans to like have so much content, but it's also very intimidating for new fans too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, but a lot was out there for sure. Yeah, Tons. and and we're not going to get into the news, you know, of Henry Cavill being dropped from DCEU. We're not going to talk about the phase five possible restructuring of things. So like that, that's that's talk for another day. That's talk for the future of comic book keepers. Today, we're going to talk about the best of 2022. So let's let's get things started off, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to start with animation and we're again sticking with kind of superhero tangential themed um uh, with comics tangential themed so uh lance why don't you go first yeah so my favorite animated series or we sort of doing movie or tv uh so for this one it's gonna be it's harley quinn uh season three harley quinn consistently is one of the best comic book related shows period on television it has consistent uh, storytelling. The voice acting is incredible. That voice cast is wild. Kaylee yeah, Cuoco does a phenomenal so job as, as Harley. Uh, it's given us versions of characters that maybe not have got the attention outside of, like mass audiences might not know the characters as much as if it wasn't because of Harley Quinn. Right. Uh, but there's so much to love. It's funny. It's action packed. It's uh, inappropriate, but so well done. We get to finally get the Harley Poison Ivy relationship that has in more recent years been in the comic and it's done so well in the show. So that is definitely my pick. Harley Quinn, specifically season three, which came out this year. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed Harley Quinn and and continue to enjoy it. It's I agree with the offbeat characters and even seeing characters that we know really well, like the kind of twisted side of Bruce Wayne from season three was was really funny. And just and seeing like Batgirl and kind of the Babstar style of, of the new Batgirl design and the stuff with Nightwing was really funny. And yeah, King Shark. Oh, my gosh. Ron Funches. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good. Clayface is oh, Clayface. so good. I <laughs> love Clayface. Clayface yeah. I love Clayface. In ah, my portrayal of <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, Jeremy, um, what do you have for animation? I have, and this was one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, that was this year, wasn't it? Way back in the... <laughs> The far off time of January of this year. The um, yeah, the Esther time. Uh, Legend of Vox Machina, uh, mm. which, you know, of course we did uh, We're uh, big an fans. episode. We're big fans of Critical Role in this house. Uh, and, you know, we covered the uh, Legend of Vox Machina uh, comic uh, previously, mm-hmm. and the animated series was great. It was really, so really well good. Done. Um Obviously, the voice acting was superb. <laughs> uh, I wonder where they found these people. <laughs> I don't know where they found such talented voice and, and actors. And a great supporting cast. And, you know, season season two is right around the corner in January so as 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 we're recording this in December. So, um, yeah, we're we're big fans of Critical Role. I, I'm I'm glad that they know that they got season two and season three kind of approved because we saw that uh, the storylines that for season two, they're not rushing the storyline. I felt season one, that, oh, my only complaint of season one, because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed everything, but I felt like it was, it was very rushed. And I feel like that's also just because like the amount of story that there was to tell for the Briarwoods arc and everything, it was like, Oh, I wanted just more time to enjoy those little moments, you know, but, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I I I agree. I think it was it was so fun. It's kind of fresh and different, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it there's this sort of you know renaissance for the adult animated series, right? Like there was uh, Invincible, obviously, which I know Lance uh, absolutely adored, uh, and then but know, that came out last year. Last year, which is why we're not uh, talking about it. This yeah, that's why we're not talking about it, right? Otherwise, yeah. we totally well, would be. I'm just saying that because there's people <laughs> listening that are going to be like, "Lightweight Lance did not choose Invincible for oh, his yeah. anime <laughs> yeah. series." No, and, no, and that's that one did because I thought in my head I was like, "Oh, that was early this year too," and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, no, yeah. it was no. last year, March last of 2021." Oh. Time is time is weird. Time, time is. Weird soup. soup. Weird soup. Yes, (laughs) it is. Anyway, so um, I just think it's really great to see Legend of Vox Machina kind of like joining those ranks in terms of really great quality animation, great voice acting, good pacing of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought there were definitely points that felt a bit rushed, but overall, I felt like they really delivered on the arc as a whole. And I'm really excited now seeing this, uh, the episode titles for season two Mm -hmm. and knowing they have that third season, like we discussed. Uh, right. To see where the story goes from here, but uh, Legend of Vox Machina was my favorite animated series this year for sure. Awesome. Well, I picked. Uh, I, I kind of have two. One of them is definitely comic book related, and then I have another one that I just can't shut up about. So, uh, <laughs> um, one of them is uh, Diabolical, which is the boys' anthology animation series. So it's kind of like what Love, Death, and Robots was, but they they allowed writers and creators to dip into the world of the boys and uh do different styles of animation so you had justin roiland who does rick and morty like did he had an episode uh aquafina wrote an episode um uh adam adam sandberg uh wrote wrote a really uh really touching episode about this old this old couple that you know the the man was trying to take care of his um his wife who was dying of of like pancreatic cancer and he injected uh compound v into her and she like became this like killer monster and, and oh, just geez. this kind of sacrifice that you have to make and it was just like and it, and it told oh they also did one where the creator of the boys uh comic uh wrote it and it was very much animated in the style of the comic like um like billy butcher was was kind of done like he looks in the comic and everything and it was so it was I I liked it because I like I like stuff like that because you have 
the chance for other people to dip into the world. And I think that's, that's a really cool way to expand, you know, show what other people love about it and, and some of the things that you can do. And, and because this, the series of the boys is so like, like we were talking about adult kind of uh, style of comics and, and, um, and, and also animation. Um, it was very, very violent <laughs> and, and just kind of really goes there. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to see like other people dip into it as well. Yeah. A- animation lets you do that, right? <laughs> like you can go real I, wild I, in animation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it like something that would take maybe the live action TV show a whole season to get to, they were doing stuff in this, in some of these episodes. I was like, Oh my goodness gracious. Like that's, they definitely jumped, jumped into a hundred percent, you know, weird and violence and everything like that. Um, the other one I just want to mention because it's such a good show and tangentially, I know it's not really a comic, but it's primal, which is on HBO max or it's adult swim, but it's also on HBO max. And it's, it's by the guy who did Samurai Jack mm. and like some of the Clone Wars cartoons. But if you haven't seen Primal, I highly recommend it. It's all visual storytelling. So there's no dialogue. It's all like sounds and, and music. And it's just it's some of the best animation in terms of like how the craft can be done. Mm. So, I'm you know, animation just a, a very stuff. different experience. That sounds really it's cool. a really different experience. You if you when you're watching it, you have to watch it like you right. have to absorb what's going on. And the characters I mean, I can't be on my phone. <laughs> well, I mean, you have you can't like it's like if you're watching something with subtitles, you have to like be fully immersed. You can't just kind of like yeah. casually glance mm-hmm. at what's going on or listen or something because you have to kind of see all the characterizations. But the visuals are so good and it's sad and it's heartbreaking and it's violent and it's and it's uh it's just really really well done so i i can't recommend that enough it was uh my i got my wife into it and she was like what is this and then she was like i can't wait for more and it's it's great nice um yeah so that's animation um let's go with marvel tv shows we've broken up marvel tv shows and dc tv shows so for marvel tv show Live action. I'll go first this time. We'll kind of switch up the order. So I picked Miss Marvel. One of our earlier episodes was on Miss Marvel, and I'm glad that we covered Miss Marvel before the show came out because it's such a good comic and it's amazing. I think the show for me, what I really liked about it was it sort of took that vibe that Spider Man has, you know, of like younger hero coming of age. But it really amplified the culture, the Muslim culture, the, uh, you know, all the stuff with when they went to Pakistan and and all the things about her family and Kamala's culture. And it was just really like you could tell, like they really wanted to represent everything about this character in a very unique way. I love the visual style. It was very like uh, Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim kind of stuff with like all the little word bubbles and text bubbles and stuff that popped up and like street signs and, and store signs and things like that. It was just really clever. And, and um, I didn't feel like they were pandering to the audience. I, I thought it was really cool. And when Kamala finally got her in big in powers and kind of the way that they did it with the hardened crystal light and everything, it was, it was really cool. So, and confirmed mutant, which was, which was really awesome as well. Yeah. Which we so. found out later from, the creators that that's what they always wanted Kamala to be. They wanted to write her as a mutant, but they weren't able to at the time of writing her comic. So that's why she was an inhuman instead. So it's, it's fun. It kind of came full circle for that character. I, uh, I was worried about the power changes that they were doing, but it also makes sense that it is hard to make her powers the way they are in the comic look good especially in a like a TV budgeted production versus right. a film. So and and I I ended up liking the way they did it and they still we still got bigger version of her but it was that crystalline looking yeah. to it. So it was it was, it was cool. Really, it was well done. I love the family aspect of the show. It's uh it's beautifully well done. Um yeah. that's an amazing part of the comic and so that heart is definitely brought over to the series. Mhm. Yeah, awesome. Um, Hey, Jeremy, what was your uh, Marvel TV show of the year? I uh, just (laughs) abstain from this one. Uh, As I've told, as I've told Lance uh, before, I am so far behind on that whole 
sphere of the Marvel universe. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, like, like I haven't even seen Loki, you guys. Okay. Like, so you're a little, you, you abstain your time. Man. Yeah, you, <laughs> boo this man. Boo, you yield boo your time. This man. All right. You um, have some catching so, up to do. Uh, you'll let us I know next year what your favorite Marvel TV show of this year is. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't just like pick something randomly. Uh Lance, good. what do you got? Yeah, this was another one of those time is a weird soup situations because originally I was like Hawkeye and then I had to look it up and it's like, <laughs> oh, that came out in 2021. Uh so I, I knew that if Chris, if you had picked She-Hulk, I was gonna do Ms. Marvel. And if yeah. you picked Ms. Marvel, I was yeah. gonna say She-Hulk. So <laughs> I'm gonna say She-Hulk. Uh yeah. the show I think Tatiana Maslani is an absolute gem. She is perfection in the series. Every single scene with her is incredible. We get, um, I feel so bad about not knowing the names of the other cast members, but like her, uh, best friend in the show is great. Their other friend that works at the, at the, uh, law firm is phenomenal. We got, we, f- we freaking did it. We got Charlie Cox back as daredevil yeah, that and was amazing. the chemistry between Charlie Cox and Tatiana Maslany was so good was Mm -hmm. unbelievably good and I've always been a fan of the like the fourth wall breaking elements of She-Hulk so having (laughs) having that in the show was great we got Abomination and Wong there's so many good things obviously a lot of people are going to complain about how she looked at times the the animation was the CGI wasn't consistent that's just the way it was but if you look past that it, it was a very well done show and I, w- I was a big fan of it. Yeah, it was it was super faithful to the comics. And it was all you could hope for from from She-Hulk introducing and, and just being unique. I mean, at this point, like every Marvel thing has to be like, well, how are they going to make this different? How are they going to make this stand out? And damn, they they did it like they yeah, they made they She-Hulk it. like uh, not just a unique comic adaptation, but just a unique series like. There's other shows that break the fourth wall, but I mean, this was done in a way that was just like, whoa, <laughs> like I love the stuff with uh, the Kevin robot and everything. It was yeah. just, it was, mm-hmm. it was very, very funny. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. So next up is going to be DC uh, live action TV and both of you pick the same thing. So which one of you wants to talk about it first? Uh, well, since I didn't have one for Marvel, I guess I'll, I'll Go open ahead. the door to this one. Yeah. Um, and that would be the Sandman. Um, so I love the Sandman. Um, and it's definitely been, even before I got into proper comic collecting, thank you slash curse you, Lance. Yep, um, you know, uh, the aside from the death and return of Superman, Sandman actually was probably one of the first comics that I had like an encounter with. I had some of the early trades and I just remember, um, being super interested in the story and really, really enjoying uh, Gaiman's world that he made and Morpheus and the endless and like everything else. And so when I heard about this show, like many Sandman fans, I was very, very excited. Uh, And I didn't have to, you know, kind of worry about like the hand wringing and the pearl clutching around all the various casting choices that he made, which, you know, to the consternation of some fans, but for myself, I was all about it. Um, And ultimately the final product was, fantastic it was so cool um you know it was very faithful to the 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 comic i felt uh in the characterizations uh in the beauty and the and the and the breadth and the scope of the world of dream um and you know like they show you hell like they bring hell to life in a really compelling and, and and interesting way uh so i just really enjoyed the show um some folks and i would i would agree like 15 percent with this uh criticism which is it drags a little bit in the in the second half um but even still i think it was an important story to tell and the the pace at which it told that story i think was still very impactful so yeah uh, ultimately I'm, I'm very glad to hear that it got its second season uh mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to that uh yeah. and yeah, I just I really, really enjoyed it. I had a great time with Sandman. Yeah, I I, I don't have too much more to add. I mean, I think it, it was for me, it was like kind of I was very skeptical. I was like, oh, this is going to be hard to pull off. But 
they they did a great job pulling off something that conceptually is like really weird and there's a lot of talking there's a lot of just but it was beautiful it was it was just such a huge world and concepts and and there's and making it also not seem dated because i mean some of the stuff in the original was kind of ties into the stuff that was happening in the 80s and but they made it modern and they made it fresh and just i think the storylines were really you know i was very when I was watching through it and I was kind of binging through the episodes, I was like, oh, man, I like I really felt tense like that. The ep- the diner episode, the 24 hours is such a tense. I was like, you know, it just makes you feel so uncomfortable. And yeah, I mean, but there, there's some great, great moments. And it just I think just because of the emotional kind of impact that and, and can we say like how perfect the casting is for some of those characters dream and yeah and and death and and yeah uh, lucian love- like it, it great amazing um lucifer like i mean it was amazing desire so desire <laughs> yeah and we're, gonna, and we're gonna meet more of the endless in the next yeah. season right yeah. they're gonna have family dinner they're gonna have a reunion which will be great uh-huh. um but yeah, so that just, uh, it, it, it's it's really good. I mean, it's not for everybody, but like neither is some of the other stuff that that's on our list. But I mean, I, I think it's it was very faithful. It was it's a very beautiful adaptation and uh, Neil Gaiman approved. So um, how, I was very close to picking what Lance was picking. So I, I, I'm I'm 100 percent on board with with his pick as well. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my uh, boot this man moment. I haven't watched Sandman yet. Uh, because because i haven't i haven't finished the comic i want to finish the comic before Uh, i watch the show that's my thing i just want to get the experience of reading before i watch it but yes now that we're past if you okay i will be borrowing them thank you (laughs) my choice honestly caught me off guard because this is a character that i knew nothing about before the suicide squad introduced to the peacemaker during this film which ended up being my honestly probably my second favorite uh film of 2021 uh superhero shows was the or superhero film the suicide squad uh peacemaker show was so incredibly well done execution from visuals action writing comedy um just the amount of love that was put into this project is so apparent james gunn and john cena are a powerhouse duo as far as writer director and and lead i like john cena should not be this good in the show he shouldn't be (laughs) but he's so he's such a good jerk (laughs) he's such a good jerk but then at the same time he makes you fall in love with him at times because he's this person that you just want to be so good and sometimes he does horrible things but then he also wants to do all like he has this motivation to be good, but he has such a skewed vision of what good is because of his upbringing from mm-hmm. his father. And th- this ensemble cast just does so well on screen together. We like vi- the actor for Vigilante is yeah. just <laughs> such a great like addition and them just like going in the woods and shooting random crap and just having a fun time and eagerly and you have, like oh it's just the show is just so off the rails it's one of those things where for so long comic book shows and films have tried to remain a little bit more grounded where you want them to think in this in reality could this be a thing at at some very end version of reality right yeah peacemaker is exactly what the comic is where it just goes balls to the wall. It doesn't care what could be real or not real. It just does it. And it yeah. does it perfectly. Yeah, it, it does. It, it balances a really good job of having some definite, uh, you know, tense moments and, and heart wrenching moments. And then also having comedy, but not like saying like, here's a big joke. Ha ha. You know, like they're all kind of take trying to take it seriously or, or playing it serious. And, and then there's some just characters that are, you know, goofy and, and weird and, you know, like the, the little ninja guy and stuff like that. I mean, there's just some there's just some funny stuff out there. And I, I think that's why they've put so much faith in James Gunn with with rebooting the DC movies is 
because of what he did with Peacemaker. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody was like, yeah, Peacemaker show. That'll be like everybody was kind of focused on Marvel. And when that came out, it just kind of silently dropped and it came out and it was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, I'm right there with you. I can't wait for more. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we might in a guns in charge now. Right. Yeah. So we'll (laughs) see. I mean, I think that, I mean, and honestly, I think the, the positive reaction to Peacemaker was a, a, a good kickoff for that movement and momentum. I think I, right. you know, a lot of fans really liked what Gunn did with Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So, well, it um, also kind of yeah. shows and reinforces what they've been doing with Titans. That if you have a, a TV show with, with characters that can be established, um, it's okay to take that slow storytelling or do like a six episode arc or a six episode series or, or 10 episodes or whatever. Like it's okay to do that in TV. And because of shows like the boys and, uh, and, and some of the Marvel shows like Loki and that, the, you know, they, they take their time to tell a story, but it doesn't have to be like this long thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yes. And just one more thing about peacemaker. One of the best intros to a show ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, yes, I agree. Um, so we also have a category for independent TV live action shows based on comics. Um, I'll go first with this one. Uh, I picked Paper Girls because I started reading Paper Girls earlier in the year. I picked up a, uh, a omnibus from Comic-Con and uh, really like, you know, I love Brian K. Vaughn's stuff. And this is one that I've been wanting to get for a while as a collected edition. And it was really cool just like reading it uh, pretty intently and then seeing the adaptation. And it's a really fun kind of sci fi coming of age. There's some cool themes. There's a lot of stuff about, you know, uh, mature themes and there's stuff about friendship and then that transition from like, you know, uh, preteen to teenager and like trying to fit in and just a lot of stuff that everybody can identify with. And also the 80s, because it's fun uh, to relive moments of the 80s and things that (laughs) are kind of true about having a first job and stuff like that. Um, And even though it's paper girls and, you know, we're all guys here, but uh, I think we can still identify with that. Like there's there's it's you can identify with the characters and what they're going through. It's always kind of fun to have some like time travel stuff that's not too in depth. So it's. It was it's a really fun show. It has a fun tone. Uh, the acting is great from the young cast, as well as some of the older uh, future versions of, of the characters as well. Yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I haven't read the comic or seen the show yet. <laughs> so uh, I heard three things. I have nothing to add either to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an image comic. It's great. It's Brian K. Vaughn uh, wrote it, and uh, he's awesome. So go read Paper Girls because go it's read it, amazing. you guys. It's just amazing. No, it's yeah. it's really good. It's it's really good, and it, and it's one of those things that's not a superhero book, but it's still a really fun like. It's it's just a I think it's an important comic book and it's something that has great representation in it as well. Nice, Jeremy. Do you have another show? I I don't have an indie one, but guys, I just remembered I did watch a Marvel show this year oh. because Moon Knight came out this year. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by default, <laughs> oh my gosh, I would say, uh, I just have to throw in there. I had, I had a good time with moon Knight. I know it wasn't everybody's favorite, but I will say I did enjoy, uh, the characterization, etc. So we might, I didn't, this the- I did not like moon Knight. I, I, I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I didn't hate it. I, I, I thought they uh, look Oscar Isaac is amazing. Like he, so great. yeah, he yeah. was that show. And and then there was some other yeah. characters. I didn't like the villain so much, blah, 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 blah. you know, mm-hmm. but uh, th- there was some great stuff in that show. And and again, it was like kind of with Miss Marvel, great representation. It was a whole nother side of Egyptian myth. And that's, that's kind of cool. And just like seeing a whole yeah. other aspects of gods in the Marvel universe is like there. It, it just, it's really neat to see kind of how that's explored. It was a little muddy at times, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, like we were into it. It gave us Layla. Layla 
What's that? His beast. Layla. I love yeah. Layla. More her. Yes, please. A great character that we didn't know that we needed. Um, yeah, it's an, it was another one. I was like, yes. <laughs> her her suit reveal was sweet. Oh yeah. my gosh. As soon as she like flings the wings out the first time, I uh-huh. was like, oh, one of my favorite new characters. She's so good. Yeah. Great actress, yeah. too. Again, I'm horrible with actors' names, but she is. <laughs> she was so good in that show. I love Oscar Isaac. I think she... She like was the highlight of the show for me, though. Honestly, I like the Oscar Isaac. St- I like the. I really like the Asylum episode where they were in, where he was in there, and like. Oh yeah, stuff. like running around, like yeah, all his multiple personalities, and and the the hippo god, and I mean, I love the idea of like there's these different gods, and like you, like you can be their avatar and like be a superhero avatar. Like th- that's got some cool like anime kind of stuff to it. Just like yeah, who else is gonna be the avatars and of these different Egyptian gods, like. It's like Saint uh, Seiya. It's just Saint Seiya all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I know it's not indie, but I wanted to throw that one in there because I was just thinking, like, yeah, Moon Knight, of course. So, yeah. anyways, sweet. It's it's the most indie of of the shows that came out from Marvel. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, Moon Knight is very, a bit more indie. of a back, back burner character. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My pick. Yes, independent TV yeah. live action for Lance. This will be a surprise to no one that knows me. Uh, the Boys season three. Oh my gosh, the addition of Jensen Ackles was superb. He fit the soldier boy character so well. Watching him go opposite of uh, Homelander in this season was something to just be in awe of, really. And them being able to take a character like Homelander and making him even scarier uh, (laughs) was something I did not think they would be able to do, but they succeeded uh, on all fronts there, but the writing just consistently is so well done. The action is like the action and the CGI of this show is top notch. Even from all the way back in season one, the the CGI of like a person being lasered in half. Yeah. It, 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 that is the most real. I think you can ever make that look. And the, just the consistency of those visuals has stayed true throughout the series. And season three to me was just on another level. It's, but it was my favorite season of the boys so far. I'm so excited to see what they do in season four. Um, And I'm saying this as someone that like the comic makes me feel horrible on the inside. I do not like to read the comic. Uh, The show I think just (laughs) takes it to another level and I, I love it. It makes me feel horrible about being myself, <laughs> being the, a person. <laughs> the comic is d- d- depressing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I there there are there are no redeeming qualities about that series. Uh, but in, the in show, a good oh, way. <laughs> like, no, it, it's, no, I'm not in a good way. I do like, not like it. <laughs> no, not well, at I all. Think, like, I mean, because there's there's dark humor and there's dark there's stuff that's meant to be depressing and. I will agree with you. I think I think they do a great job with the effects and the, and the storytelling and everything. And I, I think it, the boys to me kind of has that same feel as like the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead when they did the show and how the boys is superhero um, superhero horror and shock value as The Walking Dead was to like zombie apocalypse horror, like and, and kind of they did like practical effects and just like they were trying to. Every episode is like, oh, this is another zombie. You know, what thing are they going to get into this this week? Um, and, and the boys, the same thing. It's like, well, that can't be worse than what they did. In the, oh, my gosh, they just did that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely like the the darker side of all of the gloriousness of, of superhero stories. Yeah, just to be clear, the thing that I don't enjoy is the depravity of the comic. The show, the show is great. The show does a really good job of giving you that dark side of things, but there's also somewhat of a light there. Mm -hmm. The comic has no light. It is, it is brutal on your soul. And if that's your, if you're a dark souls type of person, read the boys. Like (laughs) it's the same type of thing that you're going to feel afterwards. Like you just got stomped on by a herd of elephants. There was a sarcastic um, thumbs up from Lance when he said, read the book. <laughs> yeah, you, right. can, you can hear it through. You can hear it. Can you, you hear can my hear thumbs? thumbs up? Uh, yes. Yeah. So watch the show. If you want to feel like a horrible human being, read the comic. Sure. Go we, for it. We might. If, you, if you're listening to this and you do a podcast on comics, we, we, we might need to do a The Boys 
comic episode and bring some bring some people on. I'm curious if there's somebody who's like, yeah, this is great. It makes me feel good. <laughs> um, it hurts me. All right. Let's move on to movies. So first, we're going to talk about Marvel movies. And so we had Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. I wanted to love that so much. And I, and I like it. And we had Thor, Love and Thunder. I I liked it kind of pretty much, you know, but then it kind of had a bad taste in my mouth after a while. And then uh, and then, of course, the movie that I think all of us picked yep. and we talked about why in our episode review of this which was black panther wakanda forever yeah this isn't really a contest for me this this movie had so much there, there was so much build up for it having to serve as this like the honoring of chadwick and building on the story and how do you segue when you no longer have your lead character of the franchise and it was just beautifully done I I think the introduction of our new characters with Riri Williams and uh, Namor, uh, both of those characters are phenomenal. You can listen to more of like our detailed view of those characters and the entire film in our uh, episode recap of that movie. But yeah, it, it's no contest for me. It's mm-hmm. I mean Angela Bassett's freaking monologues alone takes it over the top. I mean yeah. all of them, all of them. It it just. The, the reason this clicked so hard and, you know, again, we talked about it in the episode, but is just they they went all in like they not and not in a goofy way. There was humor, but it was a very heartfelt dealing with grief movie. And people can identify with that and relate to that. And it was just so good. And with all the action and everything, it's still it still just made you feel something. And I think some of the other movies got a little too weird or a little too off the rails or a little too wacky or something. And, uh, you know, they just did, they lost that. They had moments of, of, you know, seriousness or pathos, but, but, um, Wakanda forever, just, you just really, it was, it was one of my favorite movie going experiences of the year because it was, yes. Um, it was huge. I I think what really stood out to me with Wakanda Forever was a, a very common criticism of a lot of Phase Four Marvel films was the humor, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. how how Marvel had been using humor, leaning on humor a lot in you know Multiverse of Madness and some of the silly things that happened there, and Thor: Love and Thunder definitely. I mean, one of the. Uh, loudest criticisms of the whole MCU is the characterization of Thor currently. Um, and we don't need to get into that right now, but basically like it, it, it's a pretty consistent criticism, you know, about how they use humor in different places. And, you know, I was honestly very impressed with how they handled the humor elements in Wakanda mm-hmm. forever. Um, it just felt so natural. The dialogue, it felt just like, where the jokes landed were all very, yes, that's exactly the right place to put that joke. That's exactly the right tone to use in this circumstance, right? Like, and it was all just like very smooth and seamless. And at the same time, much heavier, obviously on the drama and on the emotional side of things with, you know, reflecting on, uh, the loss of Bozeman and their Black Panther and everything else. So I just think it was a really well done in terms of how it, it balanced that humor, delivered it, and then also the emotional side of things was just fantastic. So it was a it was a great movie going experience for sure. So I'm gonna have a quick little side question, which was what was your favorite moment in any of the Marvel movies or TV shows? this year it doesn't have to be the entire movie or the entire show but like you know what was your favorite moment like if there was a cool moment like you know uh the the moon knight wings you know thing or or the uh you know kamala punching something or uh for me it was just because i'm an old school you know marvel nerd uh is was patrick stewart coming in as professor x and and just the reveal of the Illuminati in in Multiverse of Madness, I think that was just just a cool sequence of events. And you when know, Mr. Fantastic John Krasinski came out, I was just like, it. "That was it." Yeah, you sold me like I 
I was just yes. like, what the? <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say it wasn't, it wasn't Patrick Stewart. I don't think it was Patrick Stewart for you. I think it was Krasinski's uh, yeah. Reed Richards that was yeah. probably the top because you were like on the roof. Like you was, were well, just. It was, it was one thing after another. It was just like, what, what, what? you know, and yeah, seeing yeah. Uh, Peggy Carter, you know, again, and, and just like there was just this after this after this. It was just such a uh, intense thing yeah. that happened. That was my favorite moment. But That's cool. Um, gosh, I mean, I, the first one that stands out just in terms of sheer power, and maybe I'm stepping on Lance's toes with this one, but definitely Bassett's speech um, after uh, Shuri is taken yeah. um, was uh, to Okoye was like amazing acting, like top tier, very powerful scene, probably one of the top three in all the Marvel films that, that, that I've seen. Um, but I think in terms of just like fun, uh, you know, actually came out of Thor love and thunder mm-hmm. of all things. I just adored when he made all the kids Thor. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was really cool. Like that, when he's like, you know, I, I bestow upon you the yeah, power yeah, yeah. for, for yeah, a limited for time a only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The power of Thor. Yeah. And then like all the kids, like the kid, the girls like using her stuffed bunny to like shoot yeah, lasers yeah. at monsters. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, is it over the top? I, I look forward movie? to when my son can watch that because I, I, you know, you have to remember it's it's not just for middle aged guys. It's like it's for kids too. Like some of these characters, yeah. you know, I, yeah. th- th- that's that's a really fun moment for sure. Yeah, yeah. and and I think I mean I, I had a, I had a great time with that. And just really quickly on the soapbox to that point, Chris is like Disney needs to make money, and the most money is with kids. Right. Sure. So yeah. to a certain extent, some of the characterization choices and stuff that are happening are with that in mind. Stepping off yeah. the soapbox. Anyways. Um, but yeah, that was probably my, that'd be my two. I guess I cheated a little bit, but Lance, yeah. is there anything that, that stood out for you uh, in any of those? Like, honestly, the, on a, like the, the biggest emotional was, was going to be Angela Bassett's performance i think that was really well done the biggest pop in an audience was go- is going to be reed richard showing up the, the audience went nuts when that i thought happened. you were going to say killmonger that was great i think that there was so much more build up to people hyping up um yeah uh krasinski being reed i, th- I th- yeah. the audience went way louder for that when i was That's in theaters than it but like but michael b jordan showing up again was something yeah. I had I was not expecting at yeah. all, but it, was, it worked so well for the course of that film yeah. to the point where I was angry at myself that I didn't think of that as being an option. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it's hard for me to pick like a favorite moment right now because yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, like those those would be it. I don't feel like there's a, I f- like in 2022 I don't feel like there was a pop like there was in 2021. But mm-hmm. like, cause for me that, that would have been like, we're talking about the stuff from no way home at Spider-Man, that point, yeah. which, which was just so like top notch. So, but yeah, that that's what I'll say. Well, let's move on to DC. So we all picked the same thing and there wasn't much of a contest here. Uh, we all picked the Batman and for good reason. We uh, we've talked about this again, you know, we don't have to go too far into it, but you know, a character that has been done many times, but, yet again shows that there is a lot of life and there's a lot of interpretation that can be done for such a, uh, a, a deep character and, um, and also the villains, um, you know, once again, done in a way where it's like, Oh, okay. That's a different take on this. Or it's a, a really interesting take. It's more real world and gritty and, and the mystery. And you got to see Bruce Wayne being a detective um, yeah, or, Batman being a detective. Yeah, we see will. Batman being a detective. There, there is no Bruce Wayne in this film at yeah. any point in time. He's Batman. Well, I just mean like out, out, out of the he, he's he he's a detective as Batman, but also like there's scenes where he's unmasked, even though he's Batman unmasked or however you want to interpret it. But like you know he's he's figuring things out, and it's like and it's more than I think we kind of saw that in like previous interpretations of it. Yeah, the Batman was phenomenal, and it made something in the way by Nirvana on the radio at all times for the next <laughs> six months afterwards, uh, which I'm not complaining about, but it, it was that movie like just stylistically was so 
much fun and like to just take in it was it was a theatrical experience mm. and like, like i mentioned before this is a movie where uh bruce wayne does not know how to be bruce wayne yet it's about him learning to in future movies yeah. be bruce wayne but he is batman he he yeah. is broken he is on the hunt he is a predator and he is going after the people that need to be taught a lesson. Uh, I loved that we get so early on in his career. So when he's before he can jump off a building, rather than just jumping off and throwing his cape out, he has to do all these zippers and ties. Yeah. And, and then he has <laughs> and he, to go and, and messes then, up. Like, he's not it, good he's at not it. Perfect. No. Yeah. And it, but like the Western vibe you get with his boots, making that, that jingle mm-hmm. jangle as he's walking up is horrifying. <laughs> The flashing, uh, like uh, the lights, like the flickering lights and like right. the hallways and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just, gosh, yeah. that one. Was, it was, yeah, it was the coolest bullets. moment when they talked about like, I don't even have to be there because my greatest mm-hmm. tool is fear. That was good. And writing. just that whole sequence of like the cop or the, 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 the crook seeing the symbol and like getting freaked out by just darkness and just like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, okay that's batman like that right. that's he's using this tool i thought that was done really well just the the kind of noir storytelling of of this and uh colin uh colin farrell as the crushed penguin, it so uh, good as penguin just amazing yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was really great casting all around the the batmobile is so good. The, <laughs> the this Batmobile was, reveal. Yes, the Batmobile was, was reveal great. was great. This was the first time where I felt like during a... I don't really know if we've had too many like chase sequences with the Batmobile. Oh, it's yeah. usually been like the Batmobile's getting away from something. Uh, and I'm sure there's yeah. been other times. But I, I feel like this was the first time where the Batmobile was like gunning and running for yeah. someone and it was terrifying like i was so nervous for the penguin in that sequence because batman is just like tearing through the streets and like knocking things out of his way he doesn't care he has he has blinders on he's just going for this one target yeah that was good all right so we all love the batman yeah. uh let's finish up the show with our favorite comic book of the year well, why don't I go first? Because you guys picked some of the same stuff. So my favorite comic of the year was I have two. So one of them is an image comic called The Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. And this is a really fun, self-contained, I think it's six issue story. Um, it was something I didn't expect. It was kind of like, hey, check this out. This is a really good comic this year. And I read it and I was like, I love this. This is great. It's very real world. It's... um it's not superhero-y and, but it's just, it's, it's a great example of just using the medium of comics to tell a story in a fun, goofy style. And it's basically these six sidekicks of a terrible, terrible, awful man uh, that was a movie star and just, (laughs) he's just the worst person ever and he's murdered and they have to kind of figure out why. Um, And it's kind of like fun action movie kind of stuff. And they battle a bunch of stuntmen. There's a thing where they just, you know, they're taking on a hundred different stuntmen who's like, why are you trying to defend this guy? And uh, it's, it's really funny and just like bright and over the top and and goofy. And it kind of reminds me of like Scott Pilgrim vibes. And, um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it if you just want like a fun read and with a really quirky art style, uh, is the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. The other one I really loved uh, is also from Image is, is Rogue Son. And Lance and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, th- this is such a cool, just new, I, I want to say kind of like new take on a superhero vibe. Uh, it, it just felt, at first I was like, oh, this feels a little bit familiar, but I but I also kind of liked what they did and just the style was really cool. And as Ryan Parrott wrote the story and uh i I just kind of liked all of the idiosyncratic nature of the story um uh it it was really fun it's a fun super it is a fun superhero story and just uh very very cool art uh to boot so rogue sun is another good one that um i thought was nice and had like a nice like kind of self-contained arc yeah. In terms of stuff that came out this year and is contained this year. There's other stuff that I liked that, you know, was ongoing series and stuff. But yeah, 
What do you guys have? Yeah, Rogue's Rogue Sun is really great. Uh, how about this, Jeremy? I'll say my second one. You say your second one, and then we talk about the the real comic of the year at the end. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that sounds uh, fine. Yeah. yeah. So my my runner up for comic of the year is going to be Ghost Cage. So you have Nick Dragata and uh, Caleb Golner. They put together this very like manga influenced series that took on a personification of of entities that are like power producers so like coal and wind and water and you have these characters that are trying to uh, essentially stop the destruction like of this building that is containing them because there's like a like a meltdown essentially happening at this uh, building but it is visually beautiful the uh like the line work is so intense uh jeremy actually has a commission by nick jagata um and it's beautiful it's a really cool Mega Man x uh but uh super i, can't I have that yeah I, it, I, 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 I turn around and i look at it and i'm just like oh god i have a dragota <laughs> custom and it's amazing yeah uh but it it's a great series strongly suggest picking it up uh, it's only three issues but when uh, we talked to Nick at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year, we brought up about how much we love the series and would love to see more. And he brought up the fact that uh, maybe there might be more in the future. So who knows? We could be getting more of Ghost Cage. So I would jump on those three issues while you can, because they are phenomenally well done. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Uh, Ghost Cage definitely was up there for me uh, for this year as well. Uh, Super cool series. Love the aesthetic. Um, my runner-up this year was Rick Remender's Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Um, this series is wild. Uh, so it's actually started late 2021, but ran through the majority of this year. And it ended in September, I believe, with 11 issues. Um, and just very simply, it's about a guy who essentially takes on the persona of a dark web assassin. Um, and has to like fight other assassins and he's just like largely a regular dude. Um, so it's like John wick, but like if John wick didn't know what the hell he was doing. (laughs) Um, and so it's, it's crazy. It's extremely brutal. Uh, but I, uh, I stand by my assertion that the first issue of a righteous thirst for vengeance is probably one of the best, first issues of any comic series that I've read. Like it is an exceptionally well done introduction to the, to the series. Um, and, you know, Remender just does really great work with very little when it comes to dialogue. He tells so much of his story in empty panels um, and just lets the, let's like facial expressions and environments do a lot of the work for him in this series. Um, There is dialogue. Don't get me wrong. There's dialogue. There's a cohesive story, everything else, but uh, it's just a trademark of, of this series in particular. I feel like that really stood out. Um, I loved it. I, I I gobbled it all up and I really liked the, the cover design for them. Uh, You know, just different like assassins on each cover or different, like, you know, uh, kind of color toned portraits on the covers. Um, super cool so yes righteous thirst for vengeance uh was my second favorite series of the year uh rick remender kills it i i was actually waiting for the collected edition of this to come out and i just looked it up and so in august of 2023 is when the deluxe hardcover is coming out so i'm definitely pre-ordering that so i look forward to reading it just uh i knew it was going to be amazing i just i want that hardcover in my hands when yeah. I'm reading you just it. want to be able to flip through all those big, right. beautiful pages. Because exactly. Remender knows how to do those. Remender knows how to do some really good deluxe editions. And actually, there was a press release recently. They're going to re-release Tokyo Ghost. Right. They're going to redo a lot of his stuff with deluxe editions. And so lots of, you know, if you're a Remender fan, you should be very, very happy if you haven't heard that news already. Um, but yeah, definitely going to pick up that hardcover. Absolutely. Uh, and that brings us to the final issue that we want to talk about both uh, Jeremy and my pick for comic of the year is do a power bomb from Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. This series is a, 
it's not about wrestling. It is. There's wrestling involved. But it's really a story about a family and tragedy and overcoming um, familial relationships that have been damaged and then working together in order to accomplish something great. And if you don't know the premise, just think a necromancer runs a pro wrestling tournament and the winner of this tag team tournament gets to revive a gets to revive someone uh, back to life so they can bring a family member or a friend back to life. And it is just so well illustrated and written by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. And if like, if you haven't listened to our recent interview with him, please go do that. Cause we talk about do a power bomb in there too. And it's phenomenal, but this, this series just gets you in the heart, the final page. Oh my gosh. It, it pierced into my soul. It. Yeah. So good. It's, I was like, there there was a moment in murder falcon that had a very similar effect um so anyways uh yeah the last page was uh, amazing but you know to to lance's points i think you know it, it's a fantastic narrative you know daniel warren johnson really does a great job of kind of like unpacking the the surface level, right? Like at the surface level, you're like, Oh, it's about these things. It's about, you know, estranged father, daughter, ah, been there before. But it's like, but it's like a lot more than that. Right. Or estranged familiar layers and layers. Um, And so that was really good, but also the action, man, like the action in this series is just insane. Um, like the movement, obviously he's very passionate about wrestling. And so he integrated a lot of that into the show or into the comic rather. Um, you can see it in the way that they move, like the frenetic energy on the pages, um, like literally like breathless, you know, reading some of these matches, like, wow. And like you wince and like, you don't want to turn the page cause it's getting, it's getting pretty intense. Um, and yeah, I mean like, he's just the master of, having that really crazy action and then a few pages later like just giving you a kidney punch to the feels yeah uh so fantastic balance just a really great limited edition series telling a compact concise story that was impactful and effective um best comic of the year yeah eight issues and no no one does comics that hit me emotionally like Daniel Warren Johnson. So cannot recommend the series enough. The The fun thing though, was while he was working on, the, on this run, he also has a YouTube channel. So if you do not watch his YouTube streams, uh, just Daniel Warren Johnson on YouTube, go subscribe to him. Currently he's trying to hit 10,000 uh, followers on there. 10,000 subscribers. So go do that because he would get inspiration and then he would start sketching things that he was going to put into the comic. And so you get to see them like months in advance. And then you see in the comic, you're like, Oh, I've seen him do that before. And it's this really exciting thing. Cause he doesn't do like the final touches of it yet. So you get to have the big reveal when you actually read the comic, but uh, you get a lot of insight into what he's working on. If you watch his YouTube channel. So it's, it's a great thing, but yeah. Comic and of the year. Uh, I, I do want to say like, this is these are our best things, but like we didn't read everything that came out this year. There's Don't a tell lot them of that, Chris. That we read everything. <laughs> We've read We've it read all. Every single I release. Wish, yeah. I wish I had more time to read comics all the time. But like I've heard, you know, the Avengers X-Men uh, Eternals Judgment Day was really good. And I haven't had a chance to really dig into that. And it's it was a big event. And um devil's reign you know is supposed to be really good and the flash ongoing and immortal x-men and stuff and there's a lot of stuff that i just feel like well we haven't really got into that or maybe didn't read it or and even like independent stuff so if you have if you're listening to this and you're like no 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 this is the best book of the year let us know what it is you know uh, reach out to us on our instagram and twitter and and well twitter if it's if it's twitter still exists when you're listening to it um yeah let us know what you think uh of your your best book or movie or tv show or animation of the year is we would love to hear and we probably will agree with you because there's a lot of bests of best is subjective yes the (laughs) best the best right now (laughs) best lists always are uh, riding a carousel in my mind anyway 
Well, it's time to close the book on our best of 2022 issue. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Lance. And Jeremy. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. See you next year, everybody. 